is disgruntled. You. I am perfectly gruntled. <laughs> when he did his when he did his Im- impression, you were just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. But that was the perfect level of gruntledness. I wasn't exuberantly disgruntled. I was just regular gruntled. Fair. Okay. And his dumb British voice. And on that note, hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We are doing the final bonus episode for you guys this week. We are doing the, I, I don't know what I was going to say with that, but we're, we are doing the um, musical biopic for the one and only Elton John, Rocket Man. It is Heather, Justin, and I. We were going to talk about what we liked and didn't like and everything in between with, like I said earlier, Rocket Man. Starting us off today is alphabetical order. Heather, what'd you like about Rocket Man? Okay. Um, I do want to say that I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I want to start out by saying that. The biggest like, obviously, is um, it's just the incredible performance that Taron Egerton did in this. He completely just transformed himself into Elton John. And it's just one of the best portrayals of a real life person that I've ever seen. Next to honestly, like maybe this is going too much on it, but next to Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln in believability, honestly, that's what I think. He did a great job. Um, there was just not a single thing about his performance that was not captivating in every way. You know, the costumes, um, facial expressions, hair and teeth. Like right down to his singing, which was phenomenal. You know, after um, also like just seeing a couple of interviews with Taron Egerton and the friendship that he formed with Elton John, it just becomes very clear that he wanted to do this role justice and play it passionately to honor him. And it definitely paid off. And I truly think that this is just going to be something that puts Egerton on people's radar. I mean, I know he's done a couple of things before, but just nothing like this at all. And, you know, he's still young and I feel like he's kind of still in the more of the start of his career. So I just really think this is going to put him on the map for a lot of people. Um, I like how well they incorporated the songs into the movie and made it fit so well with what was happening. It didn't feel forced like they were trying to build the movie around the songs it genuinely felt to me like they were building the songs to fit the story that they wanted to tell and they just knew how to use elton's songs appropriately for that so um it it was it was just a fine balance of music and story which i have seen it be a little too much in one direction or the other with films like this um like what comes to mind when i say that is that movie across the universe which is by no means a biopic, but just kind of like the style of what they were trying to do with it. It just felt like with that movie, you know, they were trying to like build a story around the Beatles songs instead of the other way. So, I mean, and not that it was terrible because the idea was clever. It's just that it wasn't executed as well as this was. Um, and like I said, like to be fair, this is a biopic, so it, ne- it needs to be done more in the way that it was done here. But just as an example of like the not as easy flowing in the story transitions um, when you add music to it, if that makes sense. But um, but yeah, when it comes down to it, I mean, the movie is a musical fantasy and everything about it. It's just really shot beautifully. The opening number um, where you see little little kid Elton and he's singing and the bright colors and everyone else it's kind of a bit more faded. If, I don't know if you guys like remember that part, but it just looks really awesome. Kind of um, similar to like Pleasantville where like half the people are black and white and half of them are in color. It kind of had like that feel to it. It was just really cool like how they shot it. It was really, really cool. 
Um, but a few a few standout scenes for me were when Elton um, when he plays at the Troubadour. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, the Troubadour for the first time, and you know when his song starts to really go, it gives the vibe that he and everyone in the room were just transported and just escaping reality for a minute with how they did that scene. Um, it just kind of felt like a dream sequence, really. So it was just cool because it felt like it plays both to how he probably felt, um, you know, like playing his music for the first time for a crowd like that and how it was an otherworldly experience for him, but also just the Im- influence and how influential his music is to the people hearing it. So I just thought it was a really well-crafted scene um, as well as the scene when they, of course, play Rocket Man, you know, him at his lowest point. And then, you know, you feel like he's just kind of reminiscing about when he was a young kid before the craziness and the heartbreak and the fame and everything. Um, that was a really great moment as well. There's just a really lot of great moments in this film, you know, individual moments. Um, probably one of the most memorable scenes is when, um, like when he first gets the lyrics from Bernie for your song and he starts putting it together like as an actual song it was just really cool uh to you know that they would show like his thought process of how he comes up with the music and that really genuine moment between him and bernie of realizing like we have something great here you know so i really liked that a lot it just shows the musical genius aspect of elton john and who he is which is really important to show in this film um sort of along those lines too I absolutely loved Jamie Bell as Bernie in this. He did a fantastic job as like the loyal, kind-hearted, well-meaning friend. It's essentially the only person that Elton trusts most of the time. So yeah, he did a super great job with that. They had a great chemistry between them, um, which I think it's also important to to show that aspect correctly because they wrote dozens of songs together. They've been friends for like 50-something years. So that part of his story is it too is just really very important to get it right. And I just feel like they did. And it probably helps. Like I was thinking about it and I was like, um, you know, the fact that David Furnish helped direct this film and David Furnish is Elton John's husband. Um, he knew the importance of some of these aspects in a way that somebody else probably wouldn't be able to speak into quite as much. So, so yeah, I just think that the whole way that they told the story, I don't feel like any of it was gratuitous or, overdone in any aspect and it just i mean it it can be a really tricky balance but if i'm being honest just going into this movie i knew very minimal about elton john's personal life um i knew basic things and i knew his songs and that was about it so um but this movie truly brought me like into his world and it gave me even more respect for him and his music and more of just an understanding of um why his music's just i mean not not only that his music is great but just why it's so important and in so many ways he's just a pioneer you know they didn't and they also didn't try to play him out as if he was anything but himself you know his mistakes and his flaws and his brilliance like everything that encompasses his personality it just all feels very real and true because they make him just very human in every sense of the word so um i mean he has his his struggles and his vices but he also shows this giftedness and how deeply he can love people and I think that's also why um, I love the scene at the end where he's doing the group therapy thing and he's realizing and coming to terms with how to heal and deal with like these relationships in his life, you know, his parents and his manager, his best friend, and most importantly himself. And so kind of seeing that moment of him embracing the younger version of himself, it just kind of, um, it shows that he just finally allowed himself to feel loved. And it was just really a great, 
moment and just completely relatable. So, um, yeah, I mean, all that to say, like, this is, this is how a biopic should be done. It highlights the really important things. It gets its point across with every event they show in the film. They just really made a well-rounded movie. So I thought it was great. Justin, your turn. All right. Well, Rocket Man is definitely an appropriate name, not just for Elton John's famous song, but this movie, I feel like, really just soars into the atmosphere, man. Like it just soars and it flies and it, it glides along quite beautifully. I thoroughly enjoyed this film, just like Heather did. And honestly, I saw a slew of movies that weekend. And this one, I was glad that this was the one that I saw last because it was definitely the best of the lot um, watching all the movies that I watched that weekend. So I, I was pleasantly happy with this. And going into this movie, I hadn't done a lot of research prior to this. I didn't really know what kind of movie this was going to be. I knew that it was going to be a biopic, but I didn't know what type. I didn't know if it was going to be a musical or I wasn't sure if it was going to be. And I, I think I saw maybe a teaser trailer or two, but didn't pay too much attention to the previews. So I didn't really know what to expect going in here but I knew that the that the initial reception of the film had been good so you know my, my, my was a uh, my hopes weren't down in any way but you know I just kind of walked in blind not really knowing uh everything about uh the film behind the scenes or seeing anything like that and man this film just really blew me away as far as uh, musical biopics go, I want to say that this is probably this has to be one of my favorites or at, at the very least, it's one of the best I've seen in a long time. Um, I'm probably going to go back and forth in this podcast um, comparing this to Bohemian Rhapsody because th that's the one that's most recent to me that I can remember that audiences see that most audiences liked. It was the one where actor Rami Malek got nominated and won an Academy Award for Best Actor. And I feel that this film is leaps and bounds better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, I feel like this film uh, was so ambitious. And I think that's the key word here, man. W when a film is ambitious, when a film is really trying, when a film is trying to say something beyond just the formula and what it's supposed to be, you can feel that. That feeling is almost tangible. Like it's, it's, you can just feel it with every scene. You can tell with the, with the vibrant colors of this movie, the costumes, the set pieces that they had, the fact fact that these musical numbers weren't really bound by reality. They didn't want to ground this so much whenever they did these musical numbers. And that's what I really appreciated. They weren't trying to ground this so much that they thought that a grounded presentation would make him feel more human or more relatable. I just love how these musical numbers were all over the place. I, and I love how it just kind of 
they use that visual imagery to kind of show what Elton's mindset was at the time. And like Heather said, using his music to tell the story, using the music to describe different points in his life, it just made you have an even bigger appreciation for his songs. And it just gave you a sense of perspective about what his mindset must have been, what he must have been singing about. And like she said, I can't say enough about Terrence's performance in this. And this is an actor that I'm not too familiar with. I know that he's had some other good performances in some other movies. But for me, this was an out of nowhere performance from this guy. I mean, he just really embodied Elton John. And 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 it's crazy because there were just times where, uh, I mean, it was hard just not to think that actually was him on the screen. And that's just how a testament to this actor, everything from his mannerisms to the way he walked, to the way he talked to and interacted with other actors and other characters on set, the way that he, and, and even being able to also balance that with the dancing numbers and the musical numbers and be almost seamless, whether he was singing or performing as Elton John or doing both at the same time. And that's something that I kind of talked about with the Aladdin movie, how I, I know in that podcast, I talked about the guy that played Aladdin and how when he was singing, he didn't seem quite as comfortable. It didn't seem to land as much with me. And even though he got better as he went along, it it, it did seem it, it felt a little awkward whenever he was singing his songs. Well, that is not the case in this movie in Rocket Man, because Taron, I mean, he just seemed so comfortable and everything he was doing was just on point. I, I mean, all the musical numbers. I was just intrigued the whole time. My eyes couldn't be lifted from the screen. So I just absolutely enjoyed his performance, arguably. And I don't know, it's kind of hard to argue. I'd like to see what the uh, competing performances are. But I, I honestly think that this is probably one of the best performances I've seen of the year so far. As far as just a pure acting performance, embodying that character, being that character, this is definitely one of the best of the year. And I think that that alone, just to see... Taryn Egerton's performance, I think that is almost worth the price of a ticket alone, just to see his charisma and how he embodied Elton John. Um, but there were some other standout performances, too. I really appreciated uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Stephen McIntosh in this movie, who play Sheila and Stanley, um, Elton John's parents in this movie. And the reason why I appreciated them, I mean, the performances were great, especially Bryce Dallas Howard. She really just brought kind of this sort of very like prissy, almost kind of this pizzazz to this uh, mother to this mother and how she was, you could just tell she was very vain about her looks and then just kind of the mannerisms and she just kind of had that stuck up. My head is always up looking down at you mentality. And I just kind of love that. She just had that air about her and you didn't need all these scenes with her trashing people to know that that's what that character was kind of about. So I just appreciated that. And then you just have the father and I just love loved how it showed how the difference in 
the difference in bad parenting, but it showed it how there can be many forms of bad parenting because you had one situation where the father was never there and that took its toll on Elton John's childhood. And when he was there, he was just, I mean, he was really just such a mean person, you know, such a mean dad and just uninterested and uninvested in his child. So that was one portrayal, but it also showed how you can be present in the house and you can still be a bad parent. And that's kind of what the mother Sheila represented to me. So I love that. I loved how you could see the contrast in them, but how they were both similar at the same time, as far as, you know, whether you're there or not, it takes a little bit more than your presence to be a good parent. So that kind of stood out to me as something that I felt like the film was trying to say. And then like Heather said, as you're going through the story and you get to the end of this story, there definitely is a message about Elton John's journey of self-acceptance and being able to love himself. And you could see that throughout the movie, it seemed like that's what he was looking for, was trying to win the acceptance and the love of others and the love of people, the love of his fans, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't really until he truly embraced himself. And that's why that that imagery of him embracing himself as a young child, it just worked. And you could argue that maybe that's a little corny or whatever, but it works in this movie because whenever the movie wasn't just knocking me off my feet with the musical numbers and the vibrant colors and the cinematography and the set pieces of some of these musical numbers, it was very grounded and he was very human and he was very compelling, even just having conversations with people, even just seeing where some of his musical genius comes from and what his thought process must be. All of that was just very compelling stuff. And there was just never a moment that I was bored in this. The pacing is great in this. The songs seem to come at just the right time or they would interrupt something just at the right time so that you could kind of let that marinate, let what happened marinate. And the song would complement his moods a lot at different points in the movie. So no song to me ever felt jarring or it wasn't like we were sitting there and he's busting out into tears crying and then all of a sudden we're singing a happy song or we're doing a number where everybody's spinning around and smiling. There was nothing in this like that. I mean, just the meticulous attention to detail when it comes to the pacing, I can't commend it enough. So I think it goes without saying that this was definitely one of my favorites of the year and it, it, it uh, just bravo to the cast and the team, all the supporting characters, but especially bravo to Taryn Egerton for what is a virtuoso performance. Um, I, I definitely do agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I, I do want to preface what I'm about to say with this might be a little, uh, it might, it might come across a little harsh and it might come across uh, a little not safe for work. So I would definitely suggest this with uh, headphones on or in a car or something like that without children around. Because what I want to say with this, and I know we're in the likes, is that this movie is everything that Bohemian Rhapsody wanted to be. <laughs> the acting was better. The characters were better. The music was better. The story was better. I mean, when you when you compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, like Justin said, which is 
the main comparable example that we have to compare this to at this exact moment because of how big Bohemian Rhapsody was and, you know, Rami Malek winning a uh, an Academy Award for that movie. This is just leaps and bounds better because when it comes down to it, this movie wasn't a gigantic stroke job for Elton uh, Elton John's ego, (laughs) which that's all Bohemian Rhapsody was. Bohemian Rhapsody was a gigantic like, you know, circle jerk for Queen to feel like, oh, yeah, we're awesome and we're Queen. Like they didn't want to get into the dirt. They didn't want to acknowledge the fact that Freddie Mercury is what makes that band even still. Everything they're doing is still Freddie Mercury stuff. It's still, uh, what's his name? Um, Adam Lambert doing a Freddie Mercury impression to a degree. Nothing about anything they do. Nobody actually gives a fuck about the band Queen. Nobody actually gives a fuck about you, Brian May. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of the way and let it, like, they should have let it be a Freddie Mercury movie like it was supposed to be. Because when you see what they do in this movie, when it comes to the tone and everything like that, when hold on one second, dude is speaking some truth right now, right? No, it's it was my cats. Um, but when it comes down to it, and when they were portraying this movie, they they're not afraid to actually show the fucked upness of Elton John's life. They they have no problems showing how dark his life got, how depressed he got, how much alcohol and drugs were just consuming his life and everything like that. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody just kind of likes to treat, you know, drug addiction and alcohol abuse and, uh, you know, getting HIV as just a, a down note, as just something you're like, oh, shucks, I got the AIDS. Like, it, it was the most demoralizing thing I've ever fucking seen when it came to HIV. And, you know, that's what I love so much about this movie, though, is the fact that it it has the sex, it has the drugs, it has the alcohol, it has the this fucking suicide attempt at a party, and it never shies away from it. And I, I would go as far as to say it never grotesquely uses any of those elements. It actually uses them in such a matter of fact way that almost makes it more tragic because it just shows how those elements were so interweaved into Elton John's yep. life that. You know, he could just be sitting there getting dressed for a concert, do a bump of Coke and just, you know, like in the middle of a conversation, not stop. You know, he could be sitting there and having dinner with somebody and he could just be sitting there and pouring himself essentially a whole gigantic glass of vodka and it not even be, you know, it's it's just a Tuesday for him. There's no there was no way to separate a lot of that stuff for a big part of his life. And I liked the way they interweaved it. One of the most beautiful scenes in this movie to me, and it's something they show in the trailer and I think it's even better in the context of the movie is he's getting ready for that concert in LA where he's dressed as an LA Dodgers player mm-hmm. and he's standing there about to go on stage and everybody's getting all hyped. The music's kind of going and all this other stuff. And he is standing there like the most defeated and burned out person that has ever existed. He doesn't even have a fuse to light anymore. He is just a shell of a human being. And they're getting him made up and all this other stuff. And they put the hat on and all this stuff. And then they hand him the baseball bat, which was the last thing he needed. And then that switch clicks and he's Elton John. And he's just, you know, doing his little, you know, prance out onto the stage. And it just kind of showed that no matter like that, how important that was to him, that no matter how low his life got when he was on stage, he was still Elton John. Mm-hmm. And just the the facial expressions that and, and body language that that Taryn was able to use just to portray that. 
just really knocks it out of the part. Like there's never a moment where you ever feel that Taryn is in over his head. And once again, to, to go back to Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek won an Academy Award for his portrayal of Freddie uh, Mercury. If Taron Edgerton does not win an Academy Award for this movie, the entirety of the Academy needs to be shut down for just an indefinite amount right. of time until they get their shit together. Because you cannot tell me that this performance is not better than that. When on top of embodying Elton John's life and mannerisms and personality and everything like that, he also then sings the songs. Yep. He goes the step that Rami Malek could not do. And I'm not blaming Rami Malek for that. Freddie Mercury is a like once in a lifetime singer. I understand that he can't do that. And it's not that Elton John has a particularly difficult voice. He has distinct probably one of the more well it's yes it's 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 one of the more unique voices out there though so the fact that he's able to still nail that is just fucking beyond incredible i mean there are moments and it's just like justin and heather has said and i just want to bring up other moments of specific songs and stuff like that i mean i was already on board when they did saturday night i was on board at that point because that's yeah. the first time you see turn is it's just it's it goes from him being young reginald to Taryn in that scene and i was on board but whenever he, they did and they they'd already done your song and all this other stuff but when they did crocodile rock at the troubadour mm. dear god did like you just i mean i don't know about you guys and i don't know about you know the the listeners out there but i felt like especially during that scene i was forgetting that it wasn't elton john doing mm -hmm. it it wasn't until they did the scene where he's like really getting into it and it's the scene where it shows him winning over the crowd which is where it slows everything down and the crowd starts to float and he starts to float and it's that turning point moment where it shows that he not really performing and writing songs and anything like that just shows up at the troubadour the fucking troubadour and won them the fuck over in that moment and they used that floating scene to kind of just show in unison like it was a magical moment happening like it was an out-of-body experience for everybody there and then it just goes into it and it, it it's doing the you know the la da parts and all this other stuff and it's just so engrossing they uh and, and they use some of the the craziest songs in this too to like tell the story and i loved it too because like you get honky cat later and it's it's him and uh richard madden from uh, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. And uh, he, he plays the bodyguard in the Netflix series, The Bodyguard. And when they're singing that song together, like th that's also, it, it, it's to kind of show that it's, he's not going to be the old Elton John. It's he's, he's moving forward. He's, he's going through the process of the, what the jazz musician told him earlier, which was to kill the man he was to become the man he wants to be or the man he's supposed to become. And that was like the moment for him when he was kind of doing that, you know, because th that song is, you know, it's it's that counterbalance of it being the whole, you know, the the farmer and stuff like that and like being more than that and stuff. And it was just a really awesome moment when they were doing that. And also when it comes down to it, too, like I know a lot of people uh, were kind of off put by the way, like, I guess, I mean, there's no like easy way to say this. I mean. Just there were a lot, a lot of people off put by the whole like gay sex element of it. And if you were caught off guard that you're watching a rated R Elton John movie and then there's gay sex in it. What the fuck movie did you think you were going to watch? 
Exactly. Man, and can I just I know this is your time, but I gotta say this, man. You know, I'm I'm down here in conservative uh, bright red Texas. And like, I mean, and then that scene where he starts making out with Rob Stark, uh, which is come on. <laughs> I just had his name. Richard Madden. Um, that that scene where they start making out and you know, shirts come off and everything like that. And yes, there was an older couple in my theater that they got up, you know, the guy was like, oh, and they got up and left the theater. And I was like, dude, I mean, did you not know that that Elton John was gay? Like, did you not know? Right. Like, did you, did that somehow get by you? I mean, how did you not know that? And if so, you didn't think that they were going to show some of his life? I mean, you you had to have known that some aspect of it was going to be in there. So, yeah, but there were I, there were a few couples, actually, that walked out kind of disgusted. So, yeah, I just had to point that out, man. Like, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe that's still going on, you know, 2019. I mean, I just I want to know. I like I wish there was a way like there was a camera crew waiting for them outside to just stop them and go, hey, guys, what about this? Like made you walk out so that one of them would just go, oh, the gay sex. And then the interviewer would go, well, what the fuck did you think you were going to get? Because in the, in the thing I appreciated about that scene is the fact that they treated it more or less like it'd be a normal sex scene in a movie. They like they didn't yeah. like they didn't overly dramatize it be, like because it was, you know, between two homosexual men. They just treated it like a sexual encounter in a movie. Yep. And I really appreciated that because like Justin was saying, it's 2019. Like, God fucking bid. We, you know, treat homosexuals in movies uh, like they're fucking people because they are like, God fucking forbid we do that. You know, if we're finally getting to the point to where. You know, we're like accepting the fact that like, you know, women masturbate in movies like what they talked about in Booksmart. I mean, we can, you know, finally get, you know, to the point to where we also just realize that gay people have sex. I mean, that's why most people are disgusted by them is because they have gay sex. But I mean, it's it's just one of those things that I just I really want to know what what the fuck were they expecting? I mean, it's a rated R Elton John film. What were they expecting to happen? Like. Were they expecting it to just not have gay sex in it? Because I was actually going to be disappointed in it if it didn't have gay sex in it. Because it's a rated R Elton John movie. That is on my checklist of things to be in an Elton John rated R movie. And that's one reason why, once again, like I brought up earlier, why Bohemian Rhapsody is a shell of a movie, especially when it's compared to this. Because, oh, God forbid, they showed, you know, the spectrum of sexual interest that Freddie Mercury had. I mean, Oh, no, we can't, you know, taint the image of Queen by that. Like it wasn't known at the fucking time anyway. It's it's just mind boggling that Queen had Freddie Mercury, one of the most interesting people ever. And they gave one of the most boring fucking movies ever that everybody just gets this weird cinematic hard on for because they like Queen music. Well, okay, then buy a fucking album. That doesn't mean it's a good movie. Like, at least with this, it checks all the other boxes of what a good movie is. Well, yes, you get the iconic Elton John music throughout this entire movie, but you also get all-star performances. You get, like Justin was saying, just almost a masterclass in how to pace a fucking movie. You 
you get a master class on how to do fucking costume designs. Dear God, was the costume budget for this movie twenty seven billion dollars? Yeah, because I feel like he was wearing a different costume every fucking five seconds, which I'm totally down for because I feel like that's something Elton John would do. Like I feel like Elton John is the type of person that he wears clothes once and then he throws them the fuck away no matter how much they cost. <laughs> they could be like, oh, that's a ten thousand dollar shirt, and he's like, oh, okay, cool, it's in the trash now. I wore it. <laughs> And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. He's earned that right. But I feel like they did that in this movie, too, because I don't think there was a single piece of clothing that Elton John wore more than once ever. I think maybe in the early scenes, whenever he was like poor, maybe he wore a T-shirt twice. But after like after he the troubadour scene and it was just different sunglasses and different clothing every fucking scene i felt like there were times that like they were doing a scene and it almost felt like a continuity error like he'd be having a conversation with somebody and then they'd come back to him and he's wearing a completely different costume and i would like in a normal movie i would think that's a continuity error in this movie i'd be like no elton probably changed i could see him doing that changing <laughs> mid-conversation that that probably happened and i mean just everything about it was so dedicated to truly telling the story of elton john i mean just this is probably like Taron Edgerton. He gave one of the most genuinely authentic performances I've ever seen, just down to every little detail. And what Justin was talking about at the end, when he's finally learning to accept himself and love himself and everything like that. I really want to touch on that scene because in the scene specifically, he's in rehab. He's finally getting over this stuff and he's like having conversations with his, with people throughout his life in his head. And then the younger version of Reginald Dwight, shows up and he's like are you gonna hug me and he hugs like his inner child essentially like he hugs the younger version of himself that he had killed off to become elton john and he hugs him and it's supposed to be like this genuine heartfelt scene of like you know like justin said like coming to terms and loving yourself and it is that scene and i love how they handled this moment in this movie because this movie earned that scene this movie the way it was set up and everything like that and the way the story progressed it earned having that scene nine times out of 10. Any other movie does that scene. I'm going to tell that movie to fuck off in a fucking heartbeat because it's just cheesy bullshit and it's fucking shoehorned into it and it's garbage. But no, kudos to this movie because it actually earned that scene. I didn't fucking hate it because if if it had just been any less of a movie, I would have wanted to walk out at that point, which wouldn't have mattered. It would had like 10 minutes left, but it'd be the, you know, my own moral compass telling me to leave this bullshit. But the fact that it had handled itself so well that it was able to do that scene and I didn't just feel like it was just cliched, just in your face, just ham fisted like bullshit, like straight up kudos to this movie. And I mean, I really don't have I mean, I, I don't really have too much else to add other than what you guys had said. And I know I did touch back on a lot of what you guys said, but I mean, overall, like this movie is phenomenal in pretty much every way it approached this whole thing because the fact that it wasn't afraid or as as justin was saying and it was it was willing to be ambitious enough to really go into the dark parts of elton john's life and handle it with with the severity and the emotional depth that a scene like that would need and at the same time still show you the just eclectic and animated highs that are also Elton John's life. Like it was able to handle both of them just so insanely well when that's 
just so hard to do in a movie because typically you end up getting the balance tipped in one way or another. You might end up going a little too dark to where you're never able to make the high moments feel high enough. Or in the case of the shit fest that was Bohemian Rhapsody, you try to stay on the high end too much that you're not willing to give the low dark parts the depth and maturity that those require to where your your movie ends up ringing hollow because like i said it just comes across as a masturbatory session for somebody instead of a telling of their story and just this movie it it hit all the right notes when it needed to as cliched as that comes across as a band reference but i mean that's really i think a good sum up for me about uh how this movie went and of course when i say that my cats go ape shit but yes, it's a good sum. It's a good summation of the way this movie <laughs> that, was. I was about to say maybe that cat was thinking about Bohemian Rhapsody, and I just want to say, man, a lot of what you said just rings so true um, when you compare this to Bohemian Rhapsody, because there are just so many scenes as you were talking. There were just so many scenes I was thinking of in Bohemian Rhapsody where it did exactly what you were talking about. It just wasn't afraid. It would just diddle daddle. You know, it's like that scared kid at the pool and everybody's like, jump in. And he kind of sticks his foot in there. You know, he kind of rustles with the water or whatever a little bit. And maybe he kind of sticks his foot in there a little bit. And he's like, Ugh. and then he kind of walks away and doesn't get in the pool. That's what I kind of felt like Bohemian Rhapsody was. It, it, it gave you a little bit of it. It had a little bit of that stuff with Freddie Mercury, but it wasn't afraid to really just show him down, man, to really just show the darkness, how that news about having AIDS really affected him. I mean, they just, you know, he walks out of the building, the, the doctor's telling him, we don't get to hear that. We see it through the reflection of his shades. He kind of walks uh, uh, out of that room with the doctor and there's a kid there and they have a little bit of a conversation and then he walks out and then it fades to a white screen and we come back and he's like, man, I don't even want anybody to know about that. I don't want that to dictate how anybody sees me. And there was kind of this moment where he made a decision. I'm not going to let that dictate. And I get that. But man, there was nothing there to justify that as a victorious moment for him. I didn't feel it. I mean, I just did not feel it from the scenes they gave me. And I just felt like they were, man. They were so afraid to really dive into how dark and how crazy his lifestyle was. And this, I mean, this is just such a stark contrast in Rocket Man because it seemed like they just dove right in. I mean, hell, the movie opens with him walking into rehab. Like, that's how this movie opens. He's walking into rehab. They didn't try to make you go, oh, let's start with a song or let's start with an awesome performance or let's start with a crowd full of people and show Elton John just doing awesomeness. No, it starts with him walking into rehab and just right there. It, it just seemed like the filmmakers and the director and the writers, they understood the importance of that. And sadly, I can't I can't say the same thing about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And I like how they um, like they they made it to where he's telling the story as he's in the rehab. Like that's how he's telling the story of all the things he's been through. I thought that was really cool how they did that. And, and to to touch base on what uh, Justin was saying. When it comes to, you know, that moment in, in Bohemian Rhapsody 
which I promise this podcast is not just to beat up on Bohemian Rhapsody. I just feel like it's necessary because of how fucking good this movie was, is that whenever he goes from getting the HIV diagnosis to I don't want people to find out because I don't want to define my life. I get that moment. Like, like you said, you understand the end part of the moment, but you would at least like to see him have some sort of emotionality, like to lead to that moment. Like you would like to see the journey of him getting that diagnosis and, and it affecting him as a person in some way, shape or form. And then moving beyond that, because then it makes moving beyond that a triumph. Yes. Yes, man. Whereas, and, and that's what I loved about this movie is because everybody thinks a feel good story like Bohemian Rhapsody plays it as you have to be positive more often than not. When in all actuality, a feel good story, you need you need the growth and you need the triumph of it all. You need those low moments to be as low as or reasonable or in this case what as low as what actually happened so then when he over overcomes those moments that's where the feel-good feeling comes from is the overcoming of the obstacles and the in the the dark moments in one's life like that's the triumphant part that's the feel-good part not that just everything ended up okay you know now elton john's like what 27 years sober and like happy and married and still rich as fuck. Like, yeah, that's a good part. But what makes that special is the fact that he overcame such terrible bullshit. That's where the feel good is. And that's what this movie nails. Like it nails every single moment of that. Like when you just see the slow change of while he's at rehab of you see him grow into Elton John from Reginald Dwight in the beginning of the movie. But as the rehab scenes happen, you slowly start to see him. I don't want to say devolving back into Reginald Dwight, but accepting that Reginald Dwight is still in him, is still a part of him. And that is who he is. And that's okay. Like is he's becoming less and less like your traditional Elton John because he's wearing the devil costume for you know at the beginning and then then he takes the I want to say the next thing is he takes the headdress off then he takes the shades off and then he's no longer wearing the the top to it he's just wearing a hoodie or no he's wearing a robe and then he's just wearing a hoodie and sweats and he's just slowly shedding those elements of that and that's this slow progression that leads to the scene where he hugs himself. And that's why it feels genuine is because you see him grow into Elton John and then you see him grow again into Reginald Dwight and Elton John combined. And so in that moment when he hugs himself and he's accepting, you know, who he is, that's the final culmination of it. That's why it's a feel good moment is it's an actual culmination of the scenes that you have seen, not just a, oh, I want the message to be this. So no matter what the fuck I show, I'm going to make the message that damn good point. Damn good point. Well, at this point, we should actually probably go into what we did not like about this movie. And I do have a couple of things. I do have a couple of grievances um, with this movie. And it, it comes with how they handled a couple of songs and they handled pretty much every other song in this movie just fantastically well. But I did think the way they used Rocket Man, especially for it being the title song of the movie, it seemed a little underwhelming. Um, I liked where they tied it into. They tied it into the suicide scene and everything, or the attempted suicide scene, and that was fitting. But I guess just the the manner in which they performed it or arranged it in this movie still made it feel a little underwhelming to me. And then the other one was uh, Benny and the Jets. Um, Benny and the Jets starts off as your normal Benny and the Jets, 
and then kind of devolves into showing you the depths of his hedonism at the time that he was, you know, the hedonistic ways he was trying to cope with all the pain and suffering he had in himself. And then you just get this weird, distorted version of Benny and the Jets kind of popping in and out, you know, uh, auditorially uh, throughout the scene and stuff like that. And to me, that's just a weird choice to do that with a song as big as Benny and the Jets. I mean, and and, and maybe I am a little too nitpicky about that just because Benny and the Jets is my favorite Elton John song. So, of course, I wanted Benny and the Jets to be the biggest fucking moment in this movie. And it it was a very powerful moment in this movie. I, I liked visually and uh, narratively the scenes uh, that this this part of the movie told. I just didn't like that Benny and the Jets was kind of chopped and screwed to do that point. I was just like, man, do another song. Like, give me Benny and the Jets. And uh, I, I I do I will say if you get Benny and the if you get the soundtrack uh, Benny and the Jets is it's fine it's good but I just wished it was handled differently in this movie I, I feel like another song could have played that a little better because I just don't think narratively speaking Benny and the Jets portrays that I mean maybe I don't know I don't actually know the meaning behind Benny and the Jets I just know when I listen to it it makes me happy uh, maybe Benny and the Jets is a gigantic uh, allegory for just drug fueled sex orgies and shit like that maybe that's what it is you know maybe Benny and the Jets is a reference to drugs and the whole song's about like seeing shit in a magazine and it's talking about orgies and shit I don't know maybe that's the case I just uh it just th- that scene didn't click with me and and ultimately I'm still fine with that because of how I mean when you have a movie that 99% clicks with you and like you know 1% doesn't you're still fine in the end so it's just those particular moments didn't quite click with me. And it made me a little sad. That's really it. That's all I got for my dislikes. Very simple. Uh, Jas- or Justin, your turn. What did you not like about Rocket Man? Well, to quickly get something that you said, the, the thing that mirrors you out of the way, um, you're definitely right about the Rocket Man. That was something um, that I thought also was a bit underwhelming because being that the that's the title of the movie and everything like that i thought for sure maybe that was going to somehow be the one that went last or maybe that was going to be the most impactful or the one the musical number that i enjoyed the most and uh i I have to agree with you man it really wasn't so i'm not really saying that that's a letdown it was just kind of surprising that that song didn't seem like it it got it had the it got the platform that some of the other ones did and you know it had some great imagery in it and stuff and him his actual body shooting off like a rocket and all that kind of stuff and just kind of the symbolism of what it meant at that time and how he was actually feeling at that time all of that was strong still strong and it was there but yeah it did seem like that should have had um, a little more importance. And honestly, uh, the the only other complaints I had is just that, I mean, I, I normally don't say this, but I just kind of wish the movie was longer because then that way I could have got more in depth with some other things in his life. Like when he married um, 
uh, his wife and he and he had a wife for a little bit. They they glossed over that. And I understand why. And he summed it up very well um, when he said, look, that was a part of my life. She didn't deserve that. And that was a part of my life that I regret. And, um, you know, he kind of basically took responsibility. That was all on me and that wasn't on her. But in a longer movie, maybe we could have got some more scenes of that. Maybe we could have saw just how awkward that must have been for him or how laboring that must have been for her so you know that the that right there that relationship i just wondered about it and this and maybe it's because i didn't know much about elton john coming in i'm definitely a fan i'm a fan of his songs but i didn't know much about his life so i didn't realize that he had married you know, that while he definitely was gay and, and everything like that, that he had married this woman for this considerable amount of time. So that was something that I understand that, you know, for time and everything like that, it didn't necessarily need to be in this film for it to be a good film or anything like that. But in a longer movie, you could have expounded on that. So that was just something I would have liked to have seen more of. Uh, other than that, man, I don't really have too many complaints. I mean, normally I'm I'm ready at, at, at this time and I have a, a laundry list of things. But honestly, man, I can't think of too much that I didn't enjoy about this. I really was sad that it ended and just wish there was more to it. That's really all I could say. Oh, oh, one more thing before we go to the next person. I do have I do have um, one more down and the down really comes in the form of people that I watch the movie with, because at the end of the movie and maybe this is more of a rant, but still, this is a down at the end of the movie, whenever it showed him happy with his husband and he had his children, there were people laughing and scoffing in the theater and snarking at the fact that. Him and his partner had children. And I just want to say, man, you got you people can go to hell, man. Like, really? Like, that's the scene to laugh at and scoff at because you're better than him because it's two men. Man, screw you guys, man. For real. Like, for real. That, that, that really made me angry. I almost really wanted to say something to those people. But yeah, there were several people in my theater that kind of scoffed at that. Like, oh, look at that fucked up shit. And I hate them for that. And that is all. Those are my downs. No, I mean, I, I can definitely get behind some of that. I mean, I, I was fine with them glossing over the whole wife thing because of how they told the story. It was, you know, Elton John telling the story in rehab and stuff like that. And I do feel that. If Elton John were telling the story like legitimately in person, I feel like that would be the same way he would handle it. I got married. She was a lovely woman. I fucked up with that. And then he would move on. I, I just feel like that that's how he would handle it. And that's why they handled it that way in the movie. And I think that's why that part didn't bother me as much. Um, And I, I do agree with you, too. I, I do wish this movie was longer. Like I could have gone for another 15, 20 minutes of them just putting more shit in there. Yeah, and I would have probably loved every minute of it because I was I was very much enthralled at pretty much every moment in this movie. And so more of that would have been definitely OK with me. And also, I agree with you. Fuck those fuckers. Heather, what did you not like about that movie? Well, I want to touch a little bit on that. The scene about Rocket Man, which I kind of went over a little bit in my likes section. Um, I will agree that it definitely wasn't what I expected they were going to do in this movie with that song, especially because, like you said, it is the the title song of the movie but 
it wasn't it wasn't disappointing. It was just different than what I expected because because that is the big song and you know, like this movie, it's called Rocket Man and it's about Elton John. Like I feel like the moment in which they did that song was you're seeing the culmination of everything in his life. You you've seen the good and you've seen the bad and you, you're seeing him at his lowest point. And I feel like I feel like the they they did that song, which is one of his biggest songs. It's actually one of my favorite Elton John songs. It they just did it in a moment where, you know, you're you're seeing you've seen every layer of him. And just that song is encompassing all of who Elton John is in that moment. And I think that it actually fit really well. It was not what I expected that they were going to do, but just, you know, it kind of, it, it worked because it was it kind of like the, the climax of the movie in, in a sense. And that song being at the climax of the movie, I think is what should have happened. So um, I, I didn't mind it as much. It, it, it was not the choice I thought they were going to make. And I would have been happy if they had chosen a different way. But I'm not disappointed in it because I think for for what they wanted this movie to be, I think that it fit really well in encompassing that's who Elton John is. And I, I, I think that they actually did it in a clever way, even though it was not what I thought they were going to do. So um, but um, for me, I just I don't really have a lot for this section either. It's it's honestly just one of the better biopics I have seen. But if I'm being picky, um, and I assume that they did this for a reason, because this seems like a movie that has a purpose with everything it's doing. Um, since a big part of the story they told with this was about Elton's relationships with people and his experiences navigating love in those relationships, I think it would have been good to put even just a little bit at the end about how he met his husband. Because obviously that is still the love of his life. So, you know, adding it in like when they first met or something even very briefly at the end, um, I think it would have just driven home the idea of how far how far he has come with accepting love and being able to love in spite of his background and hardships. So um, honestly, apart from that, just, you know, if they would have just maybe added that in, I think it just would have it would have been a, a fun or just a, a good element to put at the end of like, man, he's gone through a lot. But the song that they did at the end was perfect. The I'm still standing. And then just having maybe a little bit of him meeting his husband. I just think that that would have driven it home. So um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't really have things that I wish were done differently. It's very creative film. And I think the choices they made um, with how they told the story were really great. See, maybe we could have both all gotten what we wanted and they could have just done 20 minutes at the end and it could have been meeting his husband and done a couple more musical numbers and we'd all win. Yes. And I was totally going to say that even with more time, some of those musical numbers that were shorter, you could have had longer scenes for them, too. So like your Benny and the Jets, they could have extended that, you know. So, yeah, I just think really and I think that's the first time I've ever we've ever agreed on something like that. Like, I just wanted more of it, you know, but it's pretty remarkable, man. It shows how great this film was. Yeah. No, it is. It really is just a a uh, tour de force. I feel like that's something you always see on posters and in commercials when they talk about a movie. You know, there's always somebody that says it's a tour de force, whatever the fuck that means. It's this. If there was that movie, it's this, at least from my point of view. So with that being said, uh, recommendations and scores. Heather, your turn. Go. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's a fan of Elton John or just even recognizes his influence in music, 
should definitely see this movie. It was eye-opening for me as someone who didn't know a lot going in um, of his backstory or his life. So for those who who do know more of those things, it'll probably be even more enjoyable to see those things played out in the film. Um, just seeing how he did overcome such hardships and such a, a hard family life and just a hard time in the business and just his downfall kind of. It, it's kind of, there's there's something inspirational about seeing that and seeing how far he's come and just seeing how um, how he how he grew in his music and as a person during those times and it's it's just really inspirational um i mean elton john is he's a living legend so his story is important and this is a this is the best way they could have told his story so um so yeah my score i'm gonna give it 93 hairs of fabulous sunglasses out of 100 justin your turn all right so I mean, I think we're practically, uh, I almost feel like we're beating a dead horse at this moment because we just said so many great things about this movie. And I mean, I think there's only really one conclusion if you'll listen to this that you could come to, and that's you need to go see this movie. So I definitely recommend this movie. This is one of the best movies of the year. It's definitely one of the best biopics that I've ever seen. And if you're a fan of Elton John, I mean, even if you just are a person who just respects him for a few of the songs or, you know, you find some of his songs catchy, whatever the case may be, you got to see what they do with his music here. And you got to spend some time with him and find out about his life and his journey and what he went through. It was very moving, uplifting, inspiring stuff. And on top of that, you're going to get really, I mean, dare I say, a -a one-of-a-kind acting performance, probably a turn to stardom. I mean, obviously, he was already a star, but I mean, this, I mean, I think this is going to be a turning point for Egerton. I mean, this was... A uh, phenomenal. And if you're one of those people, if you're um, someone who's a fan of great acting or you you like great performances and things like that, you tend to uh, like your movies of a higher quality and you want to see something that uh, is ambitious and artistic and just uh, gorgeous in its approach. This is definitely a film that you've got to go see. So yes, with the with the best recommendation I can give it, go see this movie. And for my score, I'm giving it 94. Saturday, 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 Saturdays. Because you need to go on Saturday night. Because it's all right to spend some time with this movie. <laughs> I liked that one. That was good, Jessen. Well, I'm perfectly fine with beating a dead horse because dead horses are my favorite type of horses. So, <laughs> you sure it's not educated horses? Nope, dead horses. <laughs> I will. I will say that this is definitely a must-watch. No matter what, I mean, just everything in this movie was handled with such with such care and dedication. I mean, even down to like a small theme throughout a big part of the movie is that uh, Elton John is very vain about his hair and that he's like, you know, losing it and stuff like that. It's, you know, there's small nods to it throughout the movie where, you know, he's getting a glow up and they're going to touch his hair and he's just like, whoa, 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 not the hair. I don't have much. So we're leaving it. And it's, it's, it's small touches like that. Like 
I mean, there was a couple of scenes where, you know, they do the stereotypical, like Elton John's telling an emotional story. And so like they have the single tear go down his cheek, but it doesn't feel cheesy. It doesn't feel fake. Uh, I genuinely felt that Taron Edgerton was Elton John and telling a sad story and started to cry. Like that's how those scenes felt. Uh, the musical numbers throughout this movie are just some of the best you'll ever see. They they do such a great job of taking these Elton John classics and just making them fit within this world they're doing. Like, you know, these songs aren't 100%, you know, remakes of the originals. They are slightly tweaked to fit, you know, what's going on. But it feels natural. You don't feel fake from it. It's just a very genuine movie all around. and. You know, and, and like I said before, just the, like I said, their care for this movie, you know, like we, we mentioned earlier in this podcast, it's it's 2019. Like the fact that they are able to show a scene, a sex scene between two men and just treat it like you would any other sex scene in a movie. I, I really found uh, genuinely refreshing. And the fact that they showed Elton John like dealing with heartbreak and love and trust and friendships and just relationships with people in the same way that everyone else does and they didn't treat it any different just because he was a gay man i just really really appreciated how humanizing a lot of that was and that it's it's sad that it's 2019 and it's it's, it's taken this long for like hollywood to really get to that point you know there's there's a big you know big buzz around you know years ago when it came to Brokeback mountain because it showed some, you know, uh, you know, sex scenes between two men and stuff like that. And there were times in that movie where it didn't come across as naturally as it feels in this movie. Now, I do understand part of the themes in that movie were having those urges and feelings and not being able to feel like you can express that any other way. And, you know, and some of the self-loathing that can come with that. And I do understand that. But it still feel, felt like within the scenes themselves, they were treating them a little too taboo at times in that movie. And this movie doesn't, even though there are times in this movie where they do historic for historical context sake, address the idea of being uh, a homosexual at that time in, in our history and about how that might not be a good thing or bad thing, especially whenever it comes to like album sales and just, you know, uh, society in general. And the fact that, you know, you have an icon like Elton John that just ultimately just threw caution to the wind and, you know, said, fuck that, I'm going to be myself. And I really do feel like ultimately that's the message that this movie brings across is that you can be yourself. You don't have to sacrifice yourself to be, you know, who you want to be. You can be yourself and still be who you want to be in the end. And just the way this movie handled it is unlike many other movies would handle the same subjects and it's just a phenomenal phenomenal movie and i genuinely cannot recommend this movie enough i'm gonna put it at a tie with john wick this gets 99 crocodile rock lottie dawes out of 100 wow. it really is right up there with with john wick and that's a weird thing to say that rocket man and john wick are just you know one a and one b but they are. I know they are just two polar opposites of movies, but the amount of genuine satisfaction I had coming out of the theater for both of these movies 
uh, was the same. They were just they both of those are the two to me, the, the two best movie going experiences I've had in 2019 thus far. And based on the movies coming out in the future or the near future, they're going to be the two best experiences I'm probably going to have for a while. So I'm going to cherish these moments that these movies have given me. And I'm just going to hold on to those for dear life through these next couple of weeks. Word. I like that. Speechless. I like it. But other than that, guys, thank you for listening. This is the wrap up of our two weeks of just a ton of bonus content. We wanted to do this a because a ton of movies came out in the span of two weeks. And we also wanted to kind of show you guys uh, an example of some of the stuff you will get if you do subscribe to our Patreon, which we will be launching soon because that will be our Patreon gift to our subscribers. It will be bonus content and sometimes it might be for a specific movie. So if you want to hear it in a more uh, time relevant sense, it would be definitely to subscribe to our Patreon which would be cheap because for $1 a month, you would be able to uh, have access to those. We're not going to, you know, really discriminate that much with it because if you don't feel like subscribing to our Patreon or you can't subscribing to uh, subscribe to the Patreon when we have it, we don't want to punish you for that. We're just going to delay it by a month and release it. So if it is a time sensitive movie or something like that, you'll just have to wait a month and you will then get to hear our opinions on it and stuff like that. So you know, we just really kind of want to give you an example of what's to come. I mean, technically, this is three weeks because we also did a Game of Thrones and John Wick uh, week uh, before that, too. So this is three weeks uh, with multiple episodes and bonus content. And this is the uh, final one of those. And I do love the fact that it was Elton. It was, you know, Elton John biopic Rocketman that we did, we ended that with because I would have really, really felt bad if we ended our bonus content marathons for you guys with something shitty like Godzilla or Ma. And so I'm so glad that we ended this on Rocket Man. And we really hope you guys have been listening and loving these and just powering through because these are hours and hours of podcasts. We've just been throwing your faces and we'd love to hear from you guys. What did you think about Rocket Man? What did you think about what we thought about Rocket Man? I mean, just let us know what you thought. Let us know what you thought about what we thought. You know, check us out on the internet, www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at cinema underscore slayers. We are cinema slayers on Facebook. Check us out anywhere podcasts are uh, at. Give us rating and reviews anywhere you listen to podcasts because that helps us out. That, that also lets us know uh, what we need to do to improve if you think we need to do better or what you like. And we can continue you to do that. Uh, share with your friends, uh, you know, let other people know if you like our podcast and share it with your friends. Uh, so maybe they might like it and then maybe they might end up hating me and just being like, oh, Sterling, you're a fuck face. Uh, you're wrong about this, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll tell me where I'm wrong. And then ultimately, if you want to hear more of that and people arguing with me, check out uh, debuting in June. So this month we will have the first episode of the once a month podcast, Sterling versus the world. It will be me debating a guest on a movie or TV show that they decide. And they will also be deciding my position on that. So they will be telling me if I'm going to be arguing for or against that movie, no matter what it is, I will do my best because I am that stubborn and I want to win. So other than that, guys, thank you for listening. And remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Mm.